All right. Welcome back to Lancaster Connects, episode 116. You've got just me today, Jeff Trinacomo, co-owner of Gardner's Mattress Amore and co-host, co-producer, co-idea creator, I guess we could say, of Lancaster Connects. Uh, I'm flying solo today. Ben, my business partner in all things Gardner's, all things mattresses, all things Lancaster Connects, unfortunately, is under the weather today. So we hope that he's feeling better soon. And uh, he'll be back here, I'm sure, next week with me on the show. But in the meantime, we've got a great show here for you today. Can't wait to bring our guest on. But first, get a little bit of business out of the way. couple things going on. Uh, first and foremost, we're in the midst of our anniversary event here at Gardner's Mattress and More. 33 years serving you here in Lancaster County. You're getting free gifts with purchase. We've got a contest going on. Go to gardenersmattressandmore.com slash sales, and you'll get all the details there. Um, some other things that are interesting in the news. So this came across my desk, and I remind everybody, if you're not someone that necessarily is a fit for a guest on the show, or you just don't want to be a guest, but you still have news to share, you can go to the lancasterconnects.com website, and uh, under the tab B on the show, there's an opportunity for you to send us your community news. And so you can use that tab, send us your information, and we'll share it here on the show. Today, I want to share with you something from the Ephrata Cloister. Uh, so this is that unique property in Ephrata. The Cloisters was actually founded. The Cloister property actually began the town of Ephrata 290 years ago. Earliest buildings have stood for over 270 years uh, visitors began exploring uh, the grounds in the 1740s. And, uh, you know, there's there's still a lot going on in the property. Uh, you know, people gather there for art events, music events, uh, you know, any kind of history that the cloister wants to share. And there's all kinds of events that uh, go on there. It's been a museum since 1941. They're not leaving anytime soon. And actually, they've got some big plans we're playing now their amphitheater upgrades on the screen, and they are in the final phase of construction. Uh, lights and systems are soon to be added. They're putting the finishing touches on this space. Seating capacity is going to be 250 to 300 individuals. Uh, flexible lawn seating. The total cost for the project is $350,000. And so, uh, naturally, they're looking for donations. Donations can begin with as little as $25. Um and you can get more information there. What's going on? We have it here on the site, effortacloister.org slash amphitheater. Uh, looks to be a tremendous project. You know, this is all uh, volunteer run. Um, they're doing really great work there to bring that property back to life and you know, bring it up to modern times where a lot of new, uh, more modern, more updated events, plays and the like can be held. So check that out, effortacloister.org slash amphitheater. And uh, you can find out more information there. And uh, as I take a pause to get a sip of my coffee, our sponsor of the month is Whiff Roasters. I'm sipping on some incredible pumpkin spice coffee. I don't normally go in for that, truth be told. Um, I kind of make fun of all the flavored coffee, but Whiff Roasters really opened my eyes. They're our hometown coffee roaster right here in Lidditz. You know, I can say that all coffees aren't created equal. They certainly are a uh, a roast above, a cut above, if you will. Uh, they are, you know, 
the premier coffee roaster in the area. They make it an art form. And since 1999, uh, they're a proud favorite for local uh, specialty coffees. The uniqueness is simple. They set a high standard for bean quality, freshness, and the roasting. And this allows them to consistently produce incredible coffee cup after coffee cup after coffee cup. So check them out, woofroasters.com. We are doing a contest. Get one last sip of that really great pumpkin spice coffee. Uh, we are doing a contest with them all month long. It, our contest entries have actually gone up tremendously, so that's great. We're happy for all of those folks that have a chance to win this wonderful gift basket right here from Whiff Roasters. Got it right here in my hand. It's about $100 value. So you go to LancasterConnects.com slash contest. That gets you in. Real simple name and email begins it. You can get more entries by doing more actions. Seven total ways to enter. So please go there, LancasterConnects.com slash contest, and you'll be entered to win that prize. And when you stop in at the store, if you're out by Park City Way, stop in and we'll give you a free pack of this really tasty pumpkin spice coffee. You know, brew a whole pot for yourself, your coworkers. You'll be the hero because October is pumpkin spice season. That's right, Ben. Ben is chiming in. He says, it's pumpkin spice season, baby. Don't be using my babies, Ben. What are you using my babies? So that is uh, all what's new here at the store uh, with uh, with Whiff Roasters. I just caught up in the comment section. Ben's, Ben's out there uh, getting laughs from Pam. So when you do comment, uh, we appreciate that. Please share this episode. All this show is done is to uh, create uh, some, some exposure, shine some light on people, businesses, charitable organizations doing great for our community. And here today, we have that local hero. Uh, Luke Liberty is uh, one of these great people, one of these great local heroes, as I like to say, who's doing good for the Lancaster community. And uh, I like the addition of bourbon there. Jim Fuse from Fusion Marketing. That it should, he's asking, should it not be bourbon spice season? I like the bourbon idea. I like that. I do. So before I bring Luke on, uh, one last thing where you can watch the show, catch the show. And if you're listening, you might be wondering, what the heck's he talking about? What's this fusion guy saying? Who am I not hearing? Well, Lancaster Connects, a podcast show. We broadcast live. You can catch it live on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and, um, you can, uh, Catch it on any channel that really kind of streams any of those players, uh, specifically YouTube. You could grab it on. So be sure to like and subscribe where you're catching this show. We'd appreciate that for sure. We love the comments and um, keep them coming in. But if you prefer to catch your podcast to their true form, audio, we're on all the podcast players too. But you take in all the greatness of the show when you do catch it on video because body language, tonality is a lot. Uh, adds a lot to the show. You get to see our guests in person. So we certainly appreciate you tuning in and subscribing on whatever channel it is you prefer. We're happy for it all. Without too much further ado, I want to bring uh, Luke on the show. Here I said it would be about five minutes. I went all by myself and we're at 211 already. Luke Liberty, welcome to the show, my friend. Glad to have you here. I am absolutely honored to be here. Thank you, Jeff, for uh, the invitation. Uh, this is a, an opportunity, uh, an honor of a lifetime for me. Well, we're gonna we're gonna work to live up to that statement, honor of a lifetime, because you're a 
decorated veteran of our nation. You're an immigrant who has a tremendous story uh, to share how you arrived here. And so why don't we kick off of uh, how did you um, get to America? Absolutely. Um, when I mentioned that it's an honor of a lifetime, it it means to me that I have an opportunity to uh, reach uh, as many people that uh, I'm able to in, in one setting. Um, I've spent a lot of time um, uh, trying to uh, just, you know, thanking every person that I came across, uh, whether they were uh, wearing their colors, their Vietnam veterans uh, covers and their shirts, or they had stickers or, or they had any kind of campaign. And uh, I, I just made it a point to, to tell them that uh, maybe they weren't Vietnam vets. I would just say that thank you for teaching the Vietnam vets, uh, uh, you know, uh, what they needed to know so that they could survive. And, uh, and that was passed down to me. So um, thank you again. And, and let's go ahead and we'll start at the beginning, I guess, is the best way. Um, sure. And I'm not going to start too far. I'm going to say that I'm going to start with my mom, uh, who uh, is the rock of my life, uh, other than uh, my father in heaven. And uh, my mom um, was the eldest of eight children. Um, I, I think by any standards, that's, that's a large family. And uh, if you are the oldest, you could pretty much guess, you know, how, well, I wouldn't say, it's not, it's just a little bit difficult. Um, you're uh, expected to, to do things, uh, you know, grow yourself and mature and at the same time, uh, uh, you're, you're going to be needed to assist and uh, you have to assist, especially in a wartime environment. So uh, my mom never had a chance to grow up and she didn't get a chance to finish school and neither did I. Um, so when you see war and you hear about war, war just continues for, uh, well, I would say for my mom and I until, until we're called home. And uh, I, I would think that there are probably some Vietnam veterans and, and other veterans out there, but we we'll probably think about the same when, when they think about it. Um, some of the feelings and thoughts that they have in, inside of them, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a way to get rid of that. Um, and, and some, I think it's good though and, and bad. Um, so my, my mom, uh, she was kind of like the extra breadwinner. Um, when she was old enough, she, she went to work when the Americans, um, came over. And, uh, you, you could really see that when, when Americans soldiers came into Vietnam, you, you knew there was something, there was like a, a feeling in the air that something is going to change forever. Um, you, you're able to see, um, you know, just the reactions to a, a completely different um, type of occupation. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Um, I've, I've never seen uh, an American before um, I until 73. Um, I was a 72, 73. It was right before they left. I was born in 69 in Vietnam. And uh, I, when I got to see a, a, you know, an American soldier, it, it makes a lasting impression on you. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize um, maybe how far that goes. 
um, you, you can see that they act differently. They behave differently. They, um, they, there's a sense of, uh, maybe a confidence of, of knowing that they, they, they have something that most of us don't have. And then later I found that out what, what it was. Um, but, uh, my mom, uh, worked in, uh, Long Bien and, uh, I got to go with her a few times and I can remember on occasion that, um, I was always treated nice, nicely by, by our American soldiers. Um, they, they always seem to, uh, you know, kind of just look at you and, and uh, you, you feel happy. You, you feel like you're safe. Um, mm. that's, that's something that I, I don't think that a lot of people realize. Um, uh, when, uh, when they left in 73, the last, uh, combat troops left, that, that was a, another, another definite feeling that you, you felt that something was going to change. And it's like, you know, the, the waiting of that other shooter, shooter fall. And, sure. um, it, uh, and when it did, um, you know, living in Vietnam doing wars was quite, quite tough. Um, you, you didn't have a lot of food. You didn't have a lot of things that, uh, forget about material things. Um, that was always being destroyed. Um, and there's no sense of, you know, um, anything normal. See, the only thing that was normal was, is the people that you kind of saw. And that wasn't normal because, um, they disappeared in your life. Um, you, your, your family was slowly being taken away from you and your neighborhood and, and just, just everything that, that you know is, is, it's just in chaos. And, and I guess the best way to say it would be hell on earth. I, I'm, that's, that's my best description of it. And, um, so when that happened, you could tell that, uh, after they left, it, it, it was going to get bad. And that day came. And it was, uh, that day was mm. April 30th, 1975. And it's just a normal day, you know, uh, a day that we, we would go to market and we'd pick up daily provisions because there wasn't refrigeration and, and a lack of ice. So you, you had to really, you know, go daily for stuff, just like water, firewood, all the things you needed to cook with, um, and, and just a little bit of oil, cooking oil. Um, it, uh, you're buying cups of rice. You're not buying bags of rice. Um, and a lot of people, um, don't seem to understand that, uh, it, it the, the food that we had was, you, you could, you, you can call it food. Um, it was something you could chew on and swallow. Um, but, um, it was nothing that you can get here. Uh, uh, right. Nothing. This is, this is a, this is a dreamland. America is just, just an awesome place. And, um, that day, uh, we, we got up early. We left before everyone was up, you know, to come back with the supplies to do some cooking, you know, for everybody in the family. And, um, before we got to the market, just, Everything, everything went to hell. Um, all you could see was like all these little tiny black dots kind of like moving around like ants in your distant vision. And then they got closer and closer. And all you could see was like 
explosions and constant explosions wherever they were moving. And it, it did not take long for it to get to you. It, it, it looked like the moment you notice it, all of a sudden, like 10 minutes, you're like looking, you're trying to figure out what to do. It They're, they're already there at your doorstep. And um, what I saw was the worst things that a human being can do to another human being. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, the most angelic thing that you could do to another human being. All in the same purview. I mean, I, I just couldn't get rid of it. It was in my left and my right eye. It, it was, uh, I, as I closed my eyes so that I couldn't see anymore, I still saw it. And uh, my mom just grabbed my hand like a death grip. And she started running towards the ocean. And it was like every time she saw something, she like shocked my hand. I could feel it all the way down to my feet. And then, like I, when I would see something so horrific, I, it would it would shake through me and and go through her. And and it was just like we were just bouncing off of each other as we're making this trek. And my mom's like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where are you going? What what what? Uh, uh, you know our family's back there, right? Are we going to go back and get brother? And 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 my brother's like two years old, so for his birthday, which mm-hmm. was April twenty seventh, he he got to see us leave and never come back and not be united for another fifteen years. So what an awesome wow. birthday present! And and you know you 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 end up leaving, and I'm I'm like I look up to mom, I'm like, hey, we gonna go back and get brother? And she like looked at me with this look, like. There's nothing back there, is there? Do you think there's anything back there? And I'm like, I didn't say nothing because she's running and pulling me at the same time. And um, as we're leaving the center city, you would you would start to see like our soldiers, our our South Vietnamese soldiers being executed. They they had no bullets. I mean, they, they were picking up guns from the enemy, and and they were they were just being massacred, ruthless. If any of you guys wanted to know what was happening to the to your to the guys that were serving right alongside of you during the Americanization process, I'll, I'm I'm here to tell you they were massacred, they were imprisoned, they were beaten, beheaded. Their families killed. The things that you, you like I said, the, the, the most demonic things that you can see another human do to another human being. Civilian tree getting run over. Civilian tree getting, getting crushed, getting beat, getting killed. Uh, it, it was like they're, they're not part of the war. And, and, and to separate that. Our American soldiers do that. Our South Vietnamese soldiers were trying to do the same thing. But the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong, barbaric. Because mm. there was another agenda. It was genocide. Displace Vietnamese and fill them with Chinese. As my mom and I made our way to the ocean, you would see people holding their dis, dismembered limbs, disemboweled from shrapnel, 
beheaded. And they would reach out to you and they would ask you and their children, there's women. And they, they, they would reach out to you and ask, like, can you help me? Will you help me? And my mom, I know she had to feel because she would, her hand would shake the same time, like they would ask, and I would be doing the same thing. So I, I know that she, she had to want to help because uh, I wanted to. I'm six years old and I, I want to help. And, and I can't because, I mean, you, you're going to die if you stop, if you hesitate. I mean, bullets were everywhere. Just shrapnel and rockets and bombs. It, it's so loud. It's deafening. And when we got to the, got to the ocean, you could, it's kind of like, what, what is that on the, is that water? Why is it, why is it that color? Why is it like a muddy red? What, what is going on here? What, what is that? Does it look like piles of laundry on the water? It, and as we got closer, it was, there was there was actually bodies stacked up on top of each other. And you, you could see their faces looking up through the water at you as you stepped on the bodies to get onto the boat. Hmm. And the boats would, would collide back and forth and, and into each other. And they would crush people trying to get into the boats and and it's like a, a meat grinder a blender and all at the same time you had com combat going to the left and right of you uh, our, our, our Vietnamese troops were fighting the, the NVA it, it was it was a sight to see I, I think I would have I think I've seen at least a thousand faces and they were all asking me for help and all in different conditions because when my mom and I, you know, we got on that boat, there were so many people there that was just half naked and ran out of their clothes, nothing on, no shoes, no food, no provisions, nothing in their arms, nothing in their hands, just, 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 covered in in like drops of blood and they were all like a pink brown like a red color with dirt on and you could see it when the water would splash up and it looked like they were just bleeding out of their skin and their eyes and you could taste it in the air you could <laughs> taste people's blood in the air and there's so many things that I, I can't even, I, I can't, I don't even want to describe to you. But what I can, what I can say is that when we got on that boat, and there were so many people wanting to get on that boat, and on the other boats, and there were people walking out into the water holding their babies, <laughs> and wanting to turn their babies over to a stranger, and they would rather die. Than to let their child die. It was everywhere. It wasn't just one or two. It was everyone. If you don't take me, take my baby. And you could watch them take that baby and the parent, and the parent, and you could see the boat go down. There were so many things that I, and you could hear the screaming. You know, it, it's like the, the, there's constant screaming and yelling. 
and wailing and and moaning. It's all going on at the same time. I was so glad that we got onto that boat. When we got onto that boat, we we just started to float because we didn't have any gas. And if you started up your motors, they were like taking pot shots at you. The NVA was just shooting at anything random out there. Didn't matter who they were hitting. And uh, so you just kind of like floated out. And uh, I don't even know how long we were on there because we didn't have any any food. After a while, we ran out of food, out of fresh water. We were exposed to the sun. There was there's nothing covering us. We were actually in 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 the lower decks because, well, our captain had the idea that when it got to the point where we're not able to survive, we have no provisions. We're going to try and paddle it out there to to international waters. But we don't have no wood except for the deck and the quarter deck. So uh, we took our quarter deck part at night. And we started to paddle out very quietly as we could at night. And we had dead bodies on the boat. We just keep them on because we're not going to throw them over. And then we got to, uh, I think we got to International because our captain was kind of like, he was so grateful to be out there. And we were like, okay, what's next? Well, what next was awesome. You could feel this world, this like a blender, like something like, like a, it's just buzzing and, 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 and moving towards you. And when you looked, there was this, this awesome giant gray ship moving at you. And if it wasn't for that red, white, and blue on that bow, I would not have felt the way I did. I was like the most, the, the best moment in the world because I knew I was getting ready to be rescued by an American flag, by Americans, by our soldiers. And this was an amazing event. A small ship goes in front of us. We're like, what is going on here? And it starts shooting at the land. A larger ship comes behind us and drops the nets so we can climb up. Mm. Marines and sailors were coming down and helping us up. It was awesome. Carrying babies up, women, and the elderly. All up first. Then the men. Yeah. There's there's a natural order of things. I've seen that. And our sure. men, fighting men, make sure that stays in order. When I Luke, got if on, I can, Yes, go ahead. If I may pause you there, you know, we I just kind of let you roll with your story. And and what a powerful powerful recounting of your time as a child in Vietnam and then escaping. I'm just going to leave it at that because I think for me to commentate on top of it doesn't add anything at all. Um, I've got goosebumps sitting here. And I think what we can all take away from what you shared is that 
there's incredible humanity for good and for bad in every moment that we share in our own world and in this entire world. And I'm glad that you made it um, to the ship. I'm glad that Americans um, saved you all to bring you here today. And so I just wanted to pause uh, and share that because I didn't think adding, I had nothing to add to your story other than to say, wow, pretty incredible. Um, and so, okay, so we have, we have the, the women, the children, the elderly. We're on, uh, the, finally, we're on the ship. Yep. Finally, the, the men and the young men get up on the, on the, on the ship. Do, uh, what, do, do you recall the, the name of the ship, the carrier? Do or? not, do not no, recall okay. any of that. Couldn't even speak English. The, the only thing okay. that I could say then I was the master of GI number one, VC number 10. Um, everything was very broken to me and, uh, I could, I could barely speak anything like that other than, you know, uh, maybe yes or no. Um, but, um, that was actually when I first noticed that when we got onto that deck on, onto that ship, there was every single color of skin that I saw except mm. black or white. I saw cream. I saw alabaster. I saw olive, I saw beautiful caramel and a chocolate color. I seen golden amber, almost like a peachy tangerine too, maybe an orange. But I have not yet seen being in America, a black person or a white person. It was awesome to feel that, hey, I, I might belong here. This, this, this will be okay. And, uh, that was the beginning of my journey. Um, we, uh, my mom and I rode, uh, on almost every heli, we rode on the helicopters. We rode on a C-130. Uh, we got on another ship. We made our way to, uh, first the Philippines. From the Philippines, we jumped, uh, to, uh, Guam. Uh, and then, uh, from Guam, well, the best part was going to Guam. Guam was uh, was an awesome place um, for me because uh, I was surrounded by uh, Vietnam vets. Uh, they all fought f for my freedom. So uh, mm. it, it's like, wow, to be surrounded by people that, that have done that. So how could you not feel safe? And uh, it was, uh, let me please share with you a moment that, that will also show to you what, what an American fighting man is like. Uh, when I got there, I was... Uh, we were introduced to Tent City. Um, they were actually building all the tents, and they were made out of World War II hooches. So what's good for a World War II vets? That's fine for me. Uh, I, was, I was extremely happy and grateful for what I got. We had the green woolly blankets with the U.S. on it. We had the green cots. We, we, we uh, shook out our, our blankets every morning. We made them, made the racks just like our troops did. We slept there. We looked just as like, matter of fact, we lived in the same hooches. I couldn't even... I got lost one day trying to get back and, uh, it was awesome. They actually shut down the entire base to find me. And I got so lost and so tired. I, I was sleeping underneath the deuces. I found a motor mm -hmm. T transport area and just said, I'm safe here. I'll just fall asleep underneath the truck. That's where the guys found me. And, uh, but like I said, I never felt so safe. And, and the other moment was, 
the first time I went to the chow hall, and the chow hall was also the chapel. It was just a big, larger green tent. And uh, we, they would also show John Wayne movies there. And uh, it was, I got to watch my first John Wayne movie. And yeah. uh, I, with the troops that were sitting there relaxing and eating popcorn. And, uh, but my first time at the chow hall, I seen this line and they're all kind of like doing the same thing. I kind of, it brings back boot camp, but they got their arms parallel to the deck and they're holding their tray and they're walking in and they're walking out with food. So I Hey, that's where I need to go. Right. So I go in there and I stand in line. I'm trying to hold my tray the same way they are. Right. The guy in front of me looks, looks down at me and says, he just looks at me and smiles and then pushes me ahead of him. And then the other guy turns around, pushes me ahead of him, and they just did this all the way till I got to the front. And when I got to the front, they started piling on so much food onto my tray. Even when I got out of the line, the other guys that were in, in line that got this were putting more on my tray. And it's like, I mean, I knew I was a skinny kid. I mean, I knew I needed some nutrition, but my gosh, these guys. <laughs> Talking about making you feel welcome, okay? And yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And then uh, from there, uh, we went from Guam. We went to uh, Camp Pendleton, no Hawaii. Stopped in Hawaii, Camp Pendleton. I met the Marines in Camp Pendleton, and then from Camp Pendleton, uh, we were asked if we wanted to stay in California and be sponsored or go to to Pennsylvania. And some strange reason. They're like, we're like, let's go Pennsylvania, you know? And uh, so we ended up going from California uh, all the way to Fort Indian Town Gap, located in Anvil. And uh, yeah. what, what a place, uh, what a place that was. That was, my, uh, that was my first home in the United States of America. Um, I got to see more of our troops talking about feeling safe and secure and just what an awesome country. So, so if I may pause you, by this Absolutely. time, you've, you've landed in the U.S. Uh, what year are we in? I turned seven in route. I turned okay. seven in Guam. Yep. So that was my so, birth. So, my are we like, so are we like 1976 at this point? 1975. Still. 75. No, okay. October 1975. We're, um, I guess, would say, uh, let's say uh, July. July and August of 75 were there because we got sponsored from uh, Fort Indian Town Gap in October. Matter of fact, today uh, is also the anniversary of the Beirut boys, uh, the bombings in 1983. Mm-hmm. We lost uh, you know, a little bit under 300. And uh, let's please remember them. Remember the families. Um, talking about bar- barbaric. But yeah, um, there's... Uh, that was all. We're two days shy of the day that I, I was brought home by my sponsor parents to the little town, the Safe Harbor. Uh, uh, all these little towns and these names, it's, it's not irony. It's, it's actually for a reason. My, my creator's been speaking to me this whole time. The, the day I left Vietnam was the day the bombings and the gun stops, the gunfire stopped. It, it, it just, that was my lullaby until I left Vietnam. Hmm. Now, after I left Vietnam, it was nightmares. And it was all those faces that I see flash through my head and through my mind and through my dreams. And uh, through constant thoughts, you know, awake, conscious and unconscious thoughts. 
while I was uh, uh, here in uh, Indian Town Gap, uh, I I was oh my gosh, I was exposed to some of the nicest people, uh, some of the best Americans. You you know that they, I mean, to volunteer to to teach you English. I mean, English is like the hardest language to learn, right? It's like, I think it's created by lawyers. So I don't really understand how, how could you sit there and, and, and then they teach me songs that I still sing today. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the first time I said a pledge of allegiance. Um, mm. Well, I couldn't really say it anyway. I was kind of lip syncing it because. Um, what like, was the feeling like? Well, I couldn't speak English, but I felt good. I felt like I was trying to be like my fellow Americans. Uh, yeah. You know, even though they were saying and they were saying it so right, I'm like, what, 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 and moving my lips because I couldn't pronounce half the words, right? So, but I wanted to be like my my fellow Americans. It was, yeah. Um, so uh, it was set up that way. Um, my assimilation w- was set up I- I- if I was open for it. But that's that's the thing. Are, are you are you wanting to assimilate your country to over here, or you into where you came from, or you assimilate into this country where you where you arrived? Right. You know, so so that's that's the difference. Take the best, bring it with you, leave the rest behind, because we, yeah. we got it all we need here, and that's that's what most of us I think Americans do, and uh, and that's what we yep. want. So uh, when I got sponsored out of Fort Indian Town Gap, it was by a couple, and and. Guess what? Um, veterans have always been in my life. I had a World War II veteran, Charles J. Messer Jr. and his wife, Catherine. World War II veteran. Army. Sponsored me and my mom. Not afraid to take on <laughs> the task at hand. Right. And uh, it was, I, 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 needed, I needed those people. And I, we also had another family. It was Emerson and May Fry. Um, uh, of, uh, of Turkey Hill. Uh, they, <laughs> something else. I met some of the best Americans. I, I mean, you, you have people and you don't even really know what you're looking at till later down the line. It seems like, uh, I'm just so glad that I do realize a little bit, a little sooner. And, uh, my gosh, uh, they brought me to a little church, Conestoga, uh, United Methodist Church there on the hill off of Main Street across from the Conestoga Wagon restaurant. And, uh, it, it was, it's a little tiny town. I, I would guess in the 2020 census, they would had under 4,000 people. So, so you would think uh, probably back in 1975, it was probably about 1,500 people, maybe, you know, in, in, right. in, in Conestoga. And I know I was the first Vietnamese in, in, in Conestoga Elementary. Now, Gerald Shepard was my principal. And, uh, you know, I couldn't help but, but behave because I actually had to go do English lessons right in front of his office every single day for an hour, you know, just sat right in his eyeball. And, uh, so it was kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it was neat. It was, I, I felt like, um, I felt like I belonged. And, uh, the yeah. more you, you integrated, the more you, you just had a better experience. I'm so glad I learned English. I mean, well, I'm not great at it, but I'm glad I learned it to communicate to get at least some things that I want to need. And, uh, that, sure. that right there is, um, it was just, uh, it took me almost uh, a year to learn English. And uh, what what caught, what uh, one of the casualties was Vietnamese, and I told him, I asked my mom, would you please be gentle with me and not talk to me in Vietnamese because I'm mixing it all up and I can't handle this. Mm. She, was, she she relented, but today yeah. I'm learning it again. So yeah, well, it's good for awesome. you. Yes, it is. It's awesome to revisit that. And so, uh, 
Yeah. So let's, so let's talk about obviously powerful, powerful story as a child and, and up through your teens, you assimilate, you, you see, as you've said, these great Americans and I, I would concur, right? I think we are a nation of great people. Um, and, and you're showing and exhibiting some of the best that our neighbors have to offer one another. Um, and I think we should look for that. And so, because we got a couple things to bridge the gap in our time together, one of which is you end up becoming a Marine yourself. I did. And yeah. And, and we have a, a fellow Marine watching Jim Fuse, uh, who said Semper Fi, Luke. Semper He's a retired, reti- retired Marine, and he's excited to hear your story. And that was just when you kicked off, so I'm sure your story connected with him in a tremendous way. So what was it about the armed services and specifically the Marines? Why'd you go down that path and and share some of your story there? And then we'll bring through to why you're so committed to veterans today. Absolutely. Um, uh, Thank you for keeping this under a little bit more direction. Um, I was, uh, I was really, I would say impressed by our military men, uh, seeing the, all the branches. So I have no favor. (laughs) Absolutely none. Um, I, I, I just went into the Marines because I mentioned earlier, 1983, that was the year before I went into high school at the Penn Manor High, go Comets. And, uh, I, <laughs> I ended up, uh, saying, you know, that's pretty barbaric. And it, and it, and it, it resembled what I seen in Vietnam as a child. And mm. uh, I, you know, for the longest time going through school, I was wondering why are these Americans so calm and relaxed around me? And uh, I was still thinking Vietnam is like not very far away. I mean, for the longest time until I got to understand geography and how far it was. But if you look at it, it didn't really take it long for some aspects to reach us. Well, we have right. 9-11, you know. So we have certain things in our life that um, I, I'm so grateful that not, of course, not for the loss of life, but what it impressed upon me. It set fire to my feet. It's kind of like probably the same thing that happened when our our people seen what happened at 9-11. Same yeah. thing at Pearl Harbor. Something barbaric like that about Pearl Harbor. Tax civilian tree. Come on, man. You know, that, those yeah. sort of things that changes a person's life, you know, and, and, and makes more Americans. So, uh, I think, then, you know, the best thing is, you know, you, you said something about assimilation. I don't even feel like I assimilated yet. I think it's a lifetime process. And uh, mm-hmm. to me, it, I, I went through school, I learned English, I made all the same mistakes like anybody else did, uh, like, you know, any no- young person, any teenager. But uh, most of the times, uh, there, um, I did have a sense that I was, I, I was grateful for what I had, and I needed to give it back. So I, I enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1980, well, 88. I went in before, and uh, my mom was there that day, that Saturday morning, when a recruiter knocked on the door, mom's like, what is going on here? I didn't even tell her. I, I enlisted. So I'm doing the pre-ads, man. It's like, he's telling me everything's good to go. You can get what you want. And I'm like, okay. Mom's like, hey, what happened? Ah, I don't know. Just enlisted. She's like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. She really don't know what I was talking about. She thought I was like doing something else. And then I went away for a boot camp, came back with the hair. And said, wow, okay. Maybe you... Got that weird phone call, you know, this is recruit dude. I'm safe, dude. I said, you know, all that. And she's like, what? She's so I, I know 
that uh, there was a transformation there because um, at that point in my life, now don't don't get me wrong, I, I didn't become an angel, an angel here. What what I became was a, a, a person that knew why he had his freedoms and why he was able to behave the way he was behaving. And yeah. it changed, and that changed, and it it started to. Um, what changed me the most, and I, I think is um, is realizing. 58,000 people paid for my debt, paid for me to be here, plus times 10, because that's all the yeah. family members and every single one of them, our Blue Star families and our Gold Star families. You know, and, and most people don't even realize that. What, 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 what are Gold Star families? Well, they're the ones that paid the ultimate price in combat, yeah. in war. That's why we, celebrate, we, we commemorate their lives and celebrate their lives on Memorial Day. Some people say, well, that's redundant. We've got Veterans Day. we got Armed Forces Day. We got more. Now, wait a minute. Let's clarify this. Armed Forces for our armed forces that are serving. Veterans, the ones that have served. Memorial Day, yep. the ones that lost their lives in the ultimate price for our freedom. Not redundant. Yeah. Okay. So what I did was I, I kind of like was finding a way to, to get involved, trying to see if, because what I found out is I had a lot of PTSD. <laughs> Didn't even realize I had some kind of problems until I realized I had a problem, right? And my sure. problems emanated from my background, Vietnam. So I found a way to, to like, and I think a lot of other veterans can, can relate to this. You find something that drives up that adrenaline level that almost matches what you felt. It's, there's no way to match it because there's nothing like being hunted by another human being. There's no, there's no feeling that you'll ever rep replicate that the adrenaline that you get when you're being hunted down. And uh, so I found ways to like, like riding motorcycle, riding bikes, riding, just doing, you know, exciting things, jumping out of airplanes again. Anything that I could do to match that adrenaline that I felt. But what, what happened was I was doing something different than combat. It was an action. It was, if it was constructive, it was better. So I right. learned immediately that maybe I can pass this on to my fellow veterans. And that's what I started to do. I volunteered with Oakland Mental Health Consumer Council and started peer counseling, veteran peer counseling. Uh, that was the best. That was the best thing I could do in my life. I started to share things. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I was so comfortable with my fellow Vietnam veterans. <laughs> And the other veterans, they were the only ones that could get, get that, this stuff out of me that I'm easily coming out with now. Right. And, uh, one of my first guys that I spoke with was Bill Perrette. He was, uh, a motorcycle fan. He loved motorcycles. And he asked me, why aren't you a citizen? And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I kind of take pride in not being a citizen because, you know, when I came here, everybody was talking about how it's going to take the Vietnamese were going to take their jobs and, and all that kind of stuff and things. So I kind of relished being a permanent resident alien and serving in the Marine Corps. It was like, uh, you don't have to be a citizen to serve in the Marine Corps. You just had to be permanent resident alien. And uh, it, it, it became like a, a badge. And uh, But when I went to boot camp, I had a, had a little nickname. It was called... Little Nam. And uh, I was a platoon artist. My DIs also 
had me as the DI hut rat. That's a guy that cleans up the DI's huts every single ins- whenever we had inspection. And uh, those guys are something else, man. They had cigarettes and gum and all kinds of things and soda laying around. <laughs> yeah, you know, all the stuff that a crew wants to look at. No, they weren't going to get me. But see, the thing is, I, I, I love that I passed their muster. And they were all Vietnam vets, every single one of my drill instructor. Senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Miller. Hoorah! And uh, I just, you know, there's, there's, there's things that are passed on to you. And it was to, we take care of our own. And that's, that's where it came from. And I decided to, to join a group of people that were formed in 2005. And uh, they were actually formed in, they were, you know, organized now. But they were formed many, many years ago. Because we had people, you know, that, that took pride in, in our veterans and in, in their service and, and honored them in, in their, in their, at their, their funerals and their ceremonies. And uh, so... But then there are those, you know, that, that percentage of people. I mean, that's every person, every background from doctors, attorneys, to judges, to, to politicians, to, to teachers. You got that small percentage. They're just screwed up. It's, it's, it's a lower percentage. You know, you have people that make mistakes. They just, they're, they're more thinking of themselves than others. That's just normal human nature, I think. And, uh, so you have these people that like to protest funerals. They mm. they wanted to call the mourners' names. They wanted to picket and say the most vile, disgusting things to our troops. So the Patriot Guard Riders was formed in 2005 to counter this these type of protests. And yep. uh, they they've gotten actually uh, we we've gotten into a few few situations where we need to be a little bit more. Uh, forceful with how we felt. And um, that forcefulness uh, led to a couple of laws, like uh, by the, the Oklahoma governor, Mary Fallon, at the time, she said, uh, you can protest our funerals anytime you like, just 24 hours before or 24 hours after. We were fine with that. Yeah. So um, after that, and, and uh, most of the campaigns with uh, enduring freedom and Iraqi freedom and things like that, we in Afghanistan we it we kind of you know slowed down our, our um, after the KIA's and stuff, and our mission has changed a little bit. But we yep. still um, one of our major missions is to make sure that. Uh, our unaccompanied vets. Most people don't even know what an un- unaccompanied vet means. When when and, you get an announcement an unaccompanied vet, you're, you're actually telling people that there's no one there to receive the flag, to witness the honors that were given to this veteran that he earned to his yeah. dedicated and honorable service to our country. And as a Patriot Guard rider and a ride captain, I I'm honored to be there and to make to make sure that that happens to our veterans. Yeah. And. Look, if I may, if I may, because I'm familiar with what Patriot Guard Riders is, you know, uh, you've got a lot to share and it's awesome. And I I really feel in the time and place uh, we're in right now, you were 100% meant to be on our show today because we've got Veterans Day around the corner. Um, You know, we'll be able to share our moments together in the weeks leading up to Veterans Day. So Patriot Guard Riders is is a group of typically veterans. Yes. Um, 
although they will welcome anybody that wants to help volunteer. Uh, it, in, it's actually it's, not it, even veterans. That's the best part yeah. about it. I got a ride captain. His name is Don Barry. My gosh, that guy just covers almost every single veteran out there. Uh, Dennis, we got uh, we got Peter, we got the guys, and there's some of them are civilians. Don Barry is a civilian. Well, I mean, he literally makes he inspires me. He inspires me to to make sure I make more missions. Um, so you know, the, it's 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 a it's a five hundred one three c five hundred one c three one hundred percent volunteer organization. We use the internet to uh, to send out emails of missions and these missions where we're as the Patriot Guard we are as invited guests and we will do anything that the family asks us from holding doors, being there for uh, for viewing, uh, standing a flag line, and de- all the way to the escort to the national cemetery, and uh, yeah. we'll even. Uh, whatever it takes to make sure that 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 family gets the honors and that va- that veteran gets the honors they deserve, and with that, yeah. uh, with the Patriot Guard, I've probably done uh, over three hundred escorts in Oklahoma. Uh, so I want to definitely shout out to to Tri City Ma- uh, Mafia, the Patriot Guard riders in Oklahoma, and uh, our Oklahoma Highway Patrol, who taught me how to ride like a pro. Those guys are awesome, man. <laughs> if you ever want to learn how to ride, yeah, yeah, definitely. And learn how to pick up your bike, okay? A 120-pound person like me, pick it up Harley on both left or the right side, doesn't matter. Is that not awesome? And yeah. uh, so, so some of the things that uh, I come, people that I come across, it, it's just so awesome. Um, but yeah, we, um, we, I've been over 300 there. And then, uh, so let me, and uh, from there, I, uh, I continue to serve my Oklahoma community. And, uh, and uh, here, let me go and tell you what happened that got me here in Pennsylvania. In uh, 2017, October 2017, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And uh, mm. multiple myeloma, which is uh, malignant in the bone cancer and uh, also with secondary of uh, kidney disease. And uh, when uh, I, I showed up at the Oklahoma City VA in stage four, I had a broken neck, uh, broken ribs, complete renal failure. Um, uh, I was pretty bad shape. And uh, they put me on, Went to, I went to St. Anthony's Hospital and got immediate uh, uh, emergency chemo and emergency dialysis. My mom came to Oklahoma City and rescued me. She said, sell everything. We're going to put everything away, put it in storage, get it, and we're going to take you back to Pennsylvania. The doctors told her, take him back to Pennsylvania. He might be lucky to live two months, put him in hospice. That was October uh, 10th, 2017. I am almost six years past that. And that's all because of miracles. Um, um, I was uh, on dialysis, like I said, from October through February. And February 2018, my creator seen it fit that I needed to be off dialysis. When I went to that doctor, he said, I do not take these catheters out of living people. So wow. I knew I was a miracle. And I, I asked that prayer five months before that. So my creator answers when he wants to answer. It's not me. Uh, I don't, he doesn't serve me. I serve him. I serve an audience of one. And uh, I, you know, the thing that I love about um, that day, I, it changed my life. Because uh, I, I knew that I had a relationship 
And uh, that wasn't the first time. But like I said, that I, I, I knew at that point I had a relationship with my creator. And uh, he directed me in the greener pastures. And when I got here, I wanted to join the Pennsylvania Patriot Guard. And I, enli- I, I contacted them. And then I saw a newspaper ad. It said, Vet 21. We need honor guard members. We need honorably discharged veterans to do honors for rifle volleys for veterans of Lancaster County who passed away and families requesting mail TRs. Please contact manager Mike Lewis, 717-285-4024. He'll give you all the details you need. We need, yep. we need more guys. We need them. Okay. And uh, also we need more Patriot Guard writers. And uh, I can feel the pressure. We have, we need more people to live up in that area to help us out. Yeah. I live in Lancaster. I'm an hour away. And, uh, but, uh, when I joined vet 21 in August of uh, 2018, I didn't think I'd make it to my first honor. They couldn't even find uniforms that would fit me. So mm. I'm sitting there, um, like waiting for my first honor. And my first honor was in Conestoga, the town I grew up in working with the boy scouts that I could never afford to participate in. It's, it's like what somebody told me, are you willing to plant a garden and grow an orchard? which you'll never be able to taste the fruits. I think that's what I'm doing. And I, and yeah. I think that's worth it because I found out life is not about what you take from this world. It's about what you leave behind for it. Yep. So we've got, just, just so people understand, because I mean, I think, I think the, the power of our time together is your story for people to really, really connect, especially to the times that we're in, to hear the humanity of everything that you've gone through. And I use the word humanity for the good, for the bad, for the ugly, for the redeeming, all of it. That's the theme that I hear. But specifically for Vet 21, because that's how we got connected through my sister, Christy. Absolutely. Um, what an awesome gal. Yeah, yeah. She's I very mean, supportive. Former... The moment I mentioned to her about what I was going to do about flags, she was the first one up to give me money. Her and her father on yeah. behalf of her dad. She's a daddy's yep. girl, so I appreciate that. I'm a mama's boy, <laughs> so I understand. And uh, she she sat there and gave me she gave me some money, and I said, you know what? This sounds like something I can. I, if she's getting behind me. I'll go ahead and go after it. And what I did is I went out and bought some flags and I initiated a service for our veterans that when I see somebody and I go up to and I, and I go up to the, you know, whatever the funeral home, I present them with this card and this card has a flag on the front of it. And on the back, it'll tell you that since you said your oath and pledge of allegiance, you also said an oath to our flag. When you say that you deserve our American flags to be abundantly present when you're escorted to your final resting place. And that's what I do. And uh, I ended up, I would like to show you a couple shots. This is Laurel Hill. Yep. Can you see them flags? You won't see them normally. And this is to Michael and Sergeant Novak. I just did this the other month. And uh, I have his, uh, his hat that he was... It was Michael gave me that was meant for his brother-in-law. What an honor. He gave me his Marine hat. But this was the, mm-hmm. where we posted the, the flags. Yeah, he never got a chance to give it to him before he passed. So I got a brand new cover here meant for his brother-in-law. So I got things with me. I got uh, a picture of uh, Nichols, one of the ones that was MIA at the Bethlehem uh, Memorial, uh, um, the Memorial um, Day uh, dedication. Uh, I got to speak at that. Uh, what an what an awesome 
an awesome privilege and honor to be in front of 34 members, uh, family members of those that were that were killed and missing in action in Vietnam. And it was one yeah. of the first ever mass ceremonies and they, they gave the, the memorial uh, and that was in 2019. And, uh, but uh, yeah, this is the 521 Club. Love it. Yep. This is one we just did at uh, Horseshoe Road. So you can see... Before. That's, that's uh, Laurel Hill before. That's Laurel Hill after. Mm, beautiful. Well, what you're going to see is flags. And there's St. John's and Paradise Army. Um, Conestoga Riverview. Yep. Long, long Lane. Long, uh, down there in York County. Um, we're East Petersburg. Uh, this one was just done. <clears throat> I was did that with uh, Deshaun, and uh, his name is Deshaun, and his mother Catherine, and they work with Evans Funeral Home. I meet so many great people when I do this. I met Justin yeah. with the with Snyder's Funeral Home. He came up to me and he said, "I I've never seen this." I, I've never seen anybody post flags like that. What, what, what do you do that for? Um, this was one for uh, a friend of ours that was in Vet 21. His name is also Roger Bradley. He knew the family members of the deceased. He never asked me to show up. I just show up. I kind of rude that way, I think. I'm, I'm waiting for an invitation, but I haven't gotten one. I'm on number 37, and no one's invited me yet. And uh, I just show up. Uh, here's, yeah. here's, here's a crematorium. But I'm sure... I'm sure if all family members are very appreciative of the way you show up. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you got a lot of fans watching. We've had a lot of great comments come in. And and you know, again, just so so people understand, there's there's the efforts you're doing through Patriot Guard, there's the efforts you're doing through Vet 21 to show up with the what what I guess we could call a flag ceremony or a part, you know, a flag uh flag row flag decorations, uh, decorating the area where the congregants of the funeral, of the veteran, are going to be. And so yeah. that they can feel embraced well, by kinda, the red, white, and blue. Yeah. It's kind of like when when you do as many funerals as I do, you, the funerals will come up and they'll be like, where do we go? Is that our tent? If you have two or three tents at a, at a cemetery, which one's yours, right? You got to look for yeah. the, the, the honor guard, like Red Rose. Um, I There's... There's a man in Red Rose. His name is Chu Chu. He's South Vietnamese. He fought for the South Vietnamese, my mother country, and went into the army and serves with Red Rose. I mean, you're talking about, and it's because of what we saw of the American fighting soldier. Yeah. Always remember that we hold a higher value to civilian tree. Those that are non-combatants. And I, and I think that's, I that's kind of, I think it's kind of awesome that I get to deal with and hang with some of the best Americans here in Pennsylvania and Lancaster County. You too. And thank you very much for what you guys do. You're giving a platform for veterans. I mean, yeah. it's like you're a veteran yourself. I mean, that's how you take care well, of I won't people. go that far. No, but that's how We're you, just, you, you kind of yeah. adopted us you, 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 because we come from you. You know that we come from the civilian tree. We're not. We're not any any more special. We just decided we were going to do training to become sheepdogs. 
We, we mm-hmm. make sure the pastors for our sheep, they can enjoy the freedoms and the liberties that we provide. We are yeah. not to blame the sheep. We need to educate our sheep and love them. That's once you become a veteran, don't ever go back to being a sheep. Remain that guardian. Remain the sheepdog. Your life will be better for it. I know sometimes you'll say that, hey, you know, I'm tired of guns. I want to put it down. And uh, that's fine. But pick that gun up to honor veterans to a rifle volley. Yeah. That's okay. And that's, yeah. And that's the other component of Vet 21 is, is the rifle volley, the, the salute at the funeral. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, we make sure it's, you know, the veterans not there to see it, but it's the families that get to see the love and the dedication yeah. And how we feel about one another and how and that's put into law. And that's something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, I love everything you're doing. Uh, so if people want to get connected to you, whether that's again, you know, here on the show, we often say time, talent and treasure. Yeah. And so, you know, your time, obviously graveside, you could help. Um Luke will we'll, we'll get Luke's phone number here in a minute to connect with him, uh, you and him together. Uh, so you could give time graveside. You could give time helping to set up. Um, and may I, please, talent. may I please have one more statement? If I could, yes, please yes. share the story. Please share what you have inside of you. Let your family members, your original team members be your support. Not to enable you, but to challenge you to become the best person that they know that you are and that know that you can be. I am so sorry for the people that I sat there and hid this from because I hid the same things from the people that I said that I loved. Yeah. I kept them strangers. I kept them thinking there was something wrong with me because I felt something was wrong with me. Sure. Instead, if I would have shared with them, they would realize that, that I just needed a little bit of understanding that's all and then to challenge me to become a better person i'm sorry Haley, blair and cole the people that they know that i said i loved you know just remember i never shared this with you and it's for a reason and i wasn't ready mm-hmm. but they're listening right now so i know yeah imagine that see so uh this is from experience i would never try to talk to somebody now to be for it didn't matter because i had no experience Today I have experience and I will only speak about on what I have experience on. So, yeah. and uh, it's kind of amazing. Those names I just mentioned you, they had a, had a grandfather named Claudie Peck, World War II Navy veteran. Well, excuse me, Army veteran. Isn't that something? See, so my whole life's been touched by veterans. Yeah. Every single, and, and you would think of, you would hate Americans because of what happened here and what happened. Absolutely not. No, I don't hate. Hates it hates very strong. It's 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 better to it's better to to sit there and let go, let go, and grow. And uh, I I I I consider it an honor honor to speak with veterans and speak with you today. And thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And listen, if you want to connect with Luke, and I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't. Um, if you're a veteran that needs to share your story, and you look to him as somebody that you can rely on for strength to share your stories, please connect with Luke. If you're connected to those uh, who have served our country and want to see them off in an amazing patriotic way, connect with Luke. And if you're somebody that can donate to his efforts 
uh, graveside for these families that, you know, maybe as, as the veteran ages, there's just less people around. Uh, please connect with Luke. So Luke, what phone number is it best for people to uh, reach out to you on? Hey, 717-723-5667. And you reach me at V-I-K-E underscore L-U-U at Comcast.net. Yep. Let's say that again one more time because people that might pick this up on audio, we just Abs- want them to hear it again. Abs- absolutely. Lowercase V-I-K-E underscore L-U-U at Comcast.net. Phone number 717-723-5667. And yes, those flags are posted. You can reach me through VET21 or you can reach me directly. And uh, VET21, I, I initiated with the cooperation of VET20 and the Patriot Guard. So uh, they all know about me and they know what I do. So, yep, contact me anytime and it's all for free. And I operate strictly by donations, just like Vet 21 and Patriot Guard. Yep. Very good. Absolutely. Look, this this has been uh, been a pleasure. I had my notes here uh, of what we might talk about. <laughs> but my 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 friend, my brother, you uh you hit it out of the park. I and apologize. I had a plan, but it all went out the window the moment we started speaking, kind of like combat. The moment yeah. gunfire starts plans go out the window well listen you spoke you spoke from the heart in a most poignant way that as we get into november as we get into um veterans day and celebrating it you know it's it's more than sales it's more than just a day on the calendar absolutely it's more than just a bank holiday it's your words it's your words that you shared the emotion the connection so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And and uh, I, I hope that uh, if you have any time or any extra funds this Christmas, please remember Reese Across America. Let's commemorate every yes. single fallen, every single resting veteran that we have in our grace. Last year was actually in 2021 before my transplant. I donated my hair. My hair came down to my mid thigh and my back. It was a high and tight down to 38 inches and it raised 600 and some dollars. Thank you very much for the veteran breakfast club at bird in hand started by Bill Terry. Uh, thank you for the, the, the uh, person that donates all that breakfast for all us veterans. There's about a hundred to 200 of us that eat breakfast. And thank you very much for that kind and generous donator. And uh, uh, those people helped me raise $500 to cut my hair that day. My mom cut my hair. It was November 21st, 2021. I remember that's her birthday. She she got to go up there and cut my hair with a nice pair of shiny scissors. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, and following that, it was November, it was December 8th, I was in for a bone marrow transplant. December 25th, Christmas Day, I was discharged. Got a new hip uh, next, uh, after that, and became a citizen in 2021. Actually, 2022, excuse me. And I've been yeah. a citizen now for over a year. And my Patriot Guard riders, my Vet 21 members were there to support me. See, so fantastic. It's just awesome. What what a uh, what a day, you know. And and to celebrate that, and to celebrate by singing the national anthem at a barnstormers game, you know, taking my friends mm. out to Mission Barbecue and meeting Drill, who treated us like I think he's a veteran. He treated us awesome. So if you like good barbecue, Mission Barbecue is the place. So definitely stop them and let them know if you're a veteran. They will take care of you. Love it. Luke, and thank you here, for all I'm your... I'm looking for a mattress. Don't tell my mom. Okay. Well, we can, uh, we can certainly help you. She won't take Luke. it. 
Well, hit, hit me up uh, <laughs> post show and we can we can get it worked out. You bet. So, thank, thank you. you, thank you, Luke. Thank you for being amazing. My honor. Thank you for being a veteran. Semper Fi to you, sir. Semper Fi. Love it. Thank you, Luke. <laughs>